front page CBSSports.com, they ranked um, the top Big Ten coaches. Penn State was number one, James Franklin. Huh. Ryan Day, Ohio State, number two. Okay, he should be number one. Yep. Jim Harbaugh, Michigan, number three. Not in the top five. Kirk Ferentz, Iowa, number four. Nope. This is where I really lost my mind. This morning, so what I like to do is I get, I get into work around 5 a.m. Yeah. And I'll go get a cup of coffee. And I'll just kind of ease into the day a little bit before I start, you know, doing what I needed to do. You didn't ease into this day, did you? I opened up CBS Sports was already open <laughs> on my computer. I sat down, put my stuff down. I was gonna check my email real quick, and I usually will check my email and go get a cup of coffee. Check my email. CBS Sports is up. Check CBS Sports. Saw this article, and this floored me. I didn't even need a cup of coffee. I just got I got a cup of coffee at six. I waited an hour. I was so floored. <laughs> PJ Fleck, Minnesota's head coach, was ranked fifth. Paul Christ, Wisconsin's head coach, sixth. Mm-hmm. C- explain it. Hey, that's the kind of respect you get when you're a co-champ of the Big Ten West. Co-champ? Is that what it is? Apparently. In PJ Flex on mine, right? When, when you it, are... Real quick, remind me, remind me, remind me, because I know you watched the Big Ten championship game. Yep. I and Nelson brought up a good point. There wasn't a joint squad of Minnesota and Wisconsin there, as PJ Flex said, they're co-Big Ten champs. Mm-hmm. I saw Paul Christ on the sidelines. I did, too. I never saw PJ Fleck on the sidelines. So I assumed he was watching the game, though, probably on his couch. Probably. At home. Or calling a recruit to yell at him. Yeah. I didn't see PJ Fleck at the Big Ten Championship game. Well, when you're as. But if he was a co champ, wouldn't he be there? When you're as brash and in your face with the media and a me guy, you get more attention than a guy like Paul Christ. So they say right here about Paul Christ, by the way, I, I just. Kirk Ferentz at four? That's... You said Harbaugh shouldn't be top five. Harbaugh's no. third. Kirk Harbaugh. Ferentz is at four for Iowa. Uh, that... what, should he be above I'm Paul saying, Christ? I'm saying Pat Fitzgerald needs to be way higher on the list than seven. Yeah, both Paul Christ and Pat Fitzgerald should be probably your one and two, or two and three okay. behind Ryan Day. And yeah, you guys talked about it a little earlier. Ryan Day was handed the, the keys to a Lamborghini, but he's kept it running. He has like the, the oil, number. He's filled up. He has premium. the number two recruiting class in the nation. Yep. I mean, it. It's he's stuff, rotated the tires. It's stuff that doesn't change at Ohio State. No yeah. matter who the he's just the maintaining, coach is, right? And as long as you can do that, you're a good coach. And some would say last year, I mean, that team was well, doing better than Urban Meyer might be able. to I know do Nelly says Ohio. That's probably Ohio State's best team, and they should have been in the national championship game. Yeah, I mean, they were robbed right now. 100%. All right. So, <laughs> I mean, I came on these airwaves not being an Ohio State fan saying they got screwed. But you also Clemson. had money on Ohio State, right? Just full disclosure. Correct. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I would have I would have felt the same exact way. Okay. Oh, just full disclosure. He'd have just been counting his money while he felt that yeah. way. So, PJ Flex fifth, which makes me sick because Paul Christ is sixth. Patch Fitzgerald is seventh for Northwestern. Scott Frost is eighth for Nebraska. Scott Frost. I feel like Frost is high on this list. Same. Yeah. Who, who, by the way, didn't more players just transfer out of Nebraska? I think Zach said 13 Thir- since the yeah, end of the season. Yeah, that's what it was. 13 since the end of the season. My biggest thing is him as a head coach, he has one winning season as a head coach, and that was their undefeated, quote-unquote undefeated national championship <laughs> year. He never had an above 500 record other than that year. Nope. Okay, Greg Schiano is ninth for Rutgers. He's low. Yeah, that seems. I mean, and 
like you guys were talking a little earlier with Mac Brown. I mean, sure, it's based on old stuff, but yeah, I mean, he also hasn't coached in college since then. <laughs> I know it's like okay, we're doing twenty twenty power rankings. Yeah, but you got to go back to two thousand and eleven for he Shiano. Got, Shiano won nine and ten games with Rutgers. Yeah, when's the last time they did that? When he was the coach. Yeah, Purdue's Jeff Brom is tenth in the Big Ten. Should be higher. Tom Allen, not Tim Allen. <clears throat> Tom <laughs> Allen, Indiana is eleventh. Should be higher. Lovey Smith for Illinois is twelfth. Lovey Smith did just shave the beard. Yeah, it should he, be lower at all because of that. Mel Tucker is thirteenth for Michigan State. I mean, what do we know about him? You know, uh, former Badger. Yeah, there's that. Uh, he was the head coach at what Colorado, Colorado for one season, and I'm not sure they did the. They didn't greatest. do. They went five and seven. Yeah, uh, and and then he was Maryland the D coordinator at Alabama. And then Maryland brings up the rear. 14th is uh, Michael Oxley, um, who's just getting started. I think he's by far the worst coach in the Big Ten. But Mel Tucker's yeah. the question mark, so you don't really Dude, know, so he's got to yeah, be low. Mike, but Michael Oxley got, is 6 and 40 overall between stops at New Mexico and Maryland. And he got. Let me say that again. Oh. 6 and 40. <laughs> he got hired at Pitt and then had to be fired the next day for <laughs> domestic. Uh, uh, abuse. Oh no! Oh no! Um, that's that's really more the highlight of his coaching career. I would say that's uh, a low light. Oh, yeah, but you know, it's like <laughs> not to laugh at that, it. That's that's more what I remember of him rather than his on-field track record. Yeah. All right. So there's your Paul Chris at six. Those asinine. I think Paul Chris the big and uh, Pat Fitzgerald not being your second and third ranked um, is. Asinine. It's crazy. I mean, the it's madness. If those two were given the type of players that Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State recruited year in and year out, you would see them being the best teams in the Big Ten. Both of them would be offered NFL jobs every year. Yeah. All right, so let's go. <laughs> this is top 25 power five, so all, all power five uh, coaches here. 25 is Iowa State's Matt Campbell. Oregon is Mario Cristobal, who also has the Tropical Storm coming in there. Yeah. Virginia's uh, Bronco Mendenhall. Kentucky Stoops at 22. 21's Northwestern Pat Fitzgerald. Mac Brown for North Carolina is 20th. See, and that's one, like, that just doesn't, like you guys were saying. If he's not in that national championship game. <laughs> and how long? Is he on that and what list? year was that again? 2009-ish? Wasn't it six? Well, I think, did they Are make you talking a natty? USC in Texas? I'm talking USC in. I thought, yeah. didn't they make a natty title with Colt McCoy? You'll have to look that one up. I'm going to have to look it up. David Shaw is 19th for Stanford. Malzahn is 18th for Auburn. Paul Chris comes in 17th nationally. This is what I don't get. They said another special case. A special case. They say, in one in which you feel like he's never getting as much credit as he deserves for what he's done at Wisconsin. But at the same time, you guard yourself against giving him too much props. Dude, they have... I know, and I've said this to Rowdy, but it's worth repeating. You you just contradicted yourself. I know they're idiots. <laughs> One in in a two sentence paragraph. Mac Brown did play in a national title, 2010 national title, Texas versus Alabama. They lost. I don't even Ali. remember that. one. I don't remember that one either. Alabama. All right, 16. This TCU's uh, Gary Patterson. 15th nationally, PJ Fleck. Get him out. Get that turd out of the it's, top 15. It's all because he's media friendly. They think he's a great guy. 
They say Fleck climbs 29 spots in the rankings this year. More than all but one coach. We'll get to him later, they say. For a 10-win season? 9-win? What what did they have, 10? Uh, let's see. Some will think this is an overreaction to an 11-win season because they beat Auburn in the Outback Bowl. It absolutely is an overreaction. Is this the same writer? The, is this Tom Fernelli? This is... Or is this the staff compiled? No, it's, it's that... It's that Tom Fernelli guy from Chicago who admits even his own dog hates him. Yeah. Well, RJ, I said these are the same guys that write these articles that during the time of the bowl game, for a recap, they'll talk about how Auburn was uninterested, Auburn didn't show up, Gus Malzahn should it's, be on the hot seat. It's any and then, SEC team. Yeah, then they'll, <laughs> then they'll turn around months later once you kind of forget about that and then say how this was such a great win for Minnesota. Yeah. So PJ Flex 15th nationally. Kirk Ferentz is 14th nationally. The fact that they put both of these guys above Paul Christ is just is despicable. Mike Gundy, Oklahoma State, comes in at 13th. Wow, that's really high to me. Yeah, outside of a what passion speech about being it's a great. 40-year-old man. Great like, mullet. When, when has <laughs> Oklahoma State really been a Big 12 champ? Yeah, yeah but when, uh, you, when you think never, mullet, though, Nelson, I, when you I, think mullet. I don't think they've ever... They got Chubba Hubbard. I think he's up there just for that. Seriously, though. I like saying that name. Well, you talk about... Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! And that's pre-mullet. That is pre-mullet. You can see he's... You can see, like, maybe... Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! Do you think that is the reason why he's ranked higher? Uh, You said PJ Flex like a media darling? Yeah. This is a darling right here. Come after me! I'm a man. I'm 40. And he still gets all the interviews. Yeah. Like, how many how many of these guys that are going to be in the in the top 10 are guys you see week in, week out, get the ESPN, oh, who the are front, CBS, right in front there. of the camera guys who well, let's get there. I'll want tell you. to be in front of the camera. Mike Gundy won a Fiesta Bowl in 2011, and they finished third in the country. Were they conference champs, though? Um, outside of that, all his bigger bowls lost to cotton, lost to cotton, lost to sugar. They win a, they win a bunch of lower level bowls, but, uh, don't really get it done in the big time. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh is 12th for Michigan nationally. Kyle Whittingham for Utah. Utah. See now 11th. That's, that's a good one. He's taken over that program from, oh, who was, was Mendenhall there before him? I thought he was at BYU. BYU. So did Whittingham take over from Urban Meyer and he's still there? Man, I don't know about that. Uh, let's that was see a here. long time with I Urban know, well, Meyer. Yeah. That would have been like 2005-ish. I'm trying to think. How long has Whittingham been there? But, I mean, you elevate him. I, was he there? It was the Urban 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 Meyer. Urban Meyer 2003 to 2004, yeah. and then Kyle Whittingham 2005 to present. Wow, yeah. he has been. So he... He helped usher in, even though Urban kind of turned that corner, Whittingham ushered them in and kept them relevant. God, he's been there a long time. To move from the Mountain West to the Pac-12. 15 years. And you know what? We see Utah now in the national discussion up until some crazy upset in the Pac-12. I like their program. Yeah, they were talked about as being a few few things happen here and there. They might sneak into that fourth spot. Yep. And so it's. I like that that one. I'm okay with. I'm I'm totally okay with that one. (laughs) Top ten. We finally have got there. 
from 25 down. Now we're at the top 10 best coaches in 2020 for college football. It all started with us breaking down the Big Ten. With just in the Big Ten specifically, they say James Franklin, number one for Penn State. Ryan Day, number two for Ohio State. Jim Harbaugh for Michigan, number three. Kirk Ferentz, Iowa, number four. P.J. Fleck is fifth for Minnesota. Gag me. Paul Chris, sixth for Wisconsin, obviously. Pat Fitzgerald, seventh for Northwestern. Yada, yada, yada. I don't care about the rest. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Frost, eight. Nebraska. Greg Shannon, nine. Rutgers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, here's top ten, though. Uh, in the nation. Ohio State's Ryan Day, 10th in the nation. What do you think? I, I think he should be in the top 10. Well, he's 10th. Yeah. There you go. I mean, Nelly? I mean, if you look at it as just the team that he has and the recruits that he can pull in, he might even be worth a shot of being higher. So, But he, but he is a one-year head coach, so you don't have a ton of, you don't have a ton of uh, data. Yeah. Small sample. I just want to make sure it's not, you know, who. so, all right. So the next one up and Rowdy is right. Small sample size, but RJ, you were kind of saying Ryan day, they're pretty damn good. Yeah. I mean, he didn't take a hit on recruiting. Um, and a lot of people were saying he would, and it, it's, I think he's actually brought in better recruiting classes than urban Meyer has. And it seems when they were having their difficulties on how to actually run their offense, when Ryan Day took over, that went away. And that high-powered offense, I mean, I think if Haskins stayed another year, I mean, he would have broken, like, a lot of records last year. Well, well, like you you kind of touched on it, he came in, first-year head coach, had no head coaching experience. Mm -hmm. He was kind of hand-picked. By that, st- by that university, because like, no, we're keeping this guy. Yep. And they brought in Justin Fields was a first year quarterback mm-hmm. at Ohio State. Yep. Now, obviously, he was a high high rated recruit, so you knew he had some ability. Yep. But with all that first year here, first year there for a bunch of different guys in different programs, they were pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah, they were pretty damn good. (laughs) And like everybody was said, this is the year Ohio State loses to Michigan. They're not going to be the representative. Okay, and all all because he was a first year head coach. But I mean, he, I'm that alone, and I'm sorry. Yeah, sure, a track record helps. But if we're going power rankings based on this year. Absolutely. You go off last year, you base this year. It's not a who's historically the best coach ever. Right. That's not a thing. That's a totally different list. Yeah. If you're doing a power rankings, it's not based on his history. On a long history. Yeah. It's and based on a very What short have you done history. for me lately? Yeah. And Ryan Day's last year was just as good as any of Urban Meyer's better years. Mm-hmm. They just didn't win a national title. Right. All right, so uh, Lit Bucky on Twitch just says, dude, that Big Ten list is awful. How is Paul Chris not in the top three? He won with Alex Hornibrook. <laughs> <laughs> like like I said, Touché. I Good would point. be okay with Ryan Day being number one and a coin flip between Fitzgerald and Chris. Well, here you go. Nationally, coming in at ninth, because Ryan Day's 10th, nationally, this, out, this isn't just Big Ten focus, now it's nationally, James Franklin, Penn State, is ninth. 
He took, they say right here, he took over a Penn State program still dealing with the repercussions of the horrific acts of Jerry Sandusky. After understandably slow start to his tenure, Franklin has turned things up a notch the last four years. The Nittany Lions have gone 42-11 and 11 since 2016, winning a Big Ten title, a Fiesta Bowl, and a Cotton Bowl. Okay, Paul Chris has gone 52-16 and 16 in five seasons. Mm-hmm. Yet, Paul Chris nationally is ranked 17th. Finished first in the East once. Congratulations. <laughs> James Franklin at ninth nationally. Yeah, I don't get all the love for James Franklin. Like, yeah, he's a solid coach, but top 10. And it's kind of like, like his Big Ten ranking. Obviously, he was number one. Yeah, he's a solid coach, but number one? Yeah. 11-2 and two last year against a pretty weak schedule outside of losing to Minnesota, Minnesota and Ohio State. Yeah. All right, number eight nationally out of Florida, Dan Mullen. Now, RJ, you said what was your hypothesis on uh, the top ten? They'd be guys that are brash and they're in the media all the time? Yeah, he's not a brash guy. He's not, though. But, but he's in Florida. the media all the time. But it's Florida. And he has, in his two if he, seasons at Florida, he's finished second. Yeah, if he, was, if he wasn't at Florida, would he still be where he's at? No, because he, he Mississippi was, State, and I mean he'd probably still be ranked in the top ten because they're like an SEC. So coach. they say it's hard to win over they there. They say if you look at the coaches in our top ten, there's one glaring difference between Mullen and the others. He's the only one yet to win a conference title as a head coach. He's the only one who probably hasn't won a division title as a head coach. <laughs> so why do you have him up there? Because the, yeah. uh, number seven, <laughs> number seven is Jimbo Fisher, Texas A uh, and I actually really like Jimbo Fisher. Won a national title of Florida State in 2013. I think he's a pretty solid coach. Yeah, but, I mean, he won a national championship seven years ago. Again, I would say this list is, what have you done for me lately? And seven years ago was not lately. No. Seven years ago was a while ago. Right. So Jimbo Fisher's at seven. Uh, number six out of Georgia, Kirby Smart. I, I'm i okay with Kirby Smart. I'm Nell Nell? Yeah, Kirby Smart's a solid coach, but but to touch on the Jimbo Fisher, he kind of built Florida State back up at the time he was there. They were really good. Yeah, he yeah, he did and build then, them up. Then he left, he obviously followed the he followed the money and went to <laughs> Well, when the when he left at Florida State, then weren't they kind of in starting to be in shambles? No, that was kind of like right after he left. Yeah, well, yeah that's what I'm saying, right he, when he left. He, well, they weren't in shambles. Uh, well, boosters could... basically were like you haven't gotten back to a national championship in a while, and uh, we're going to be more vocal. So he flat out said, well, see ya. See ya. And he went to A&M, and to be fair, in A&M, he hasn't had a quarterback. Right. I know Kellen Mond, some people like him. I'm not the biggest fan of him. Right. And, I mean, you look at what, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Kevin Sumlin had in quarterbacks at A&M. And I mean, he had better quarterbacks. I think if Jimbo Fisher had a better quarterback, yeah, I think they would be right there. Right, and it seems like every year A and M is pushing Alabama to the yeah, limit. Yeah, or the, they'll play Clemson. Push it to the limit. What was it, Clemson last year, where they only lost by maybe a couple touchdowns, but they it was obviously for a while. were an inferior team. Yeah, but they played pretty competitively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm liking Jimbo Fisher. All right, so. RJ, did you say uh, push it to the limit? They have the best draft in the entire NFL. Are you surprised to hear that? Uh, certainly not. The first year we 
took it to the limit. <laughs> that that's one of the best clips ever. That lady just be talking about oh, the. Are you Jaguars. surprised to hear that? <laughs> Certainly not. The first year we took it to the limit, and I was in Miami with my new beach house. Well, it was a couple minutes from the beach. It's been twenty years since then. <laughs> we haven't been too strong in the last few years. Oh, we've been strong. We're just playing by the rules. You can't have a newcomer come in and steal a show. <laughs> I was in my new beach house in Miami. Well, well it was a couple minutes, minutes from, from the beach. beach. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll give you the top five nationally ranked coaches coming into the Big, or Big Ten, coming into the 2020 season. Here you go. I know, Nelly, this is uh, a team that's near and dear to your heart. I think it's your secondary team. RJ, I know you love the movie. I love the movie, too. Rudy. Notre Dame's Brian Kelly, fifth in the nation. No. That guy's not even in the top 25. Yeah, that's not that's not good. No. How is Brian Kelly fifth? Just is it only because he's head coach for Notre yes. Dame? It's the it's the sports writers who are still thinking that the late mid to late 90s, early 2000s never happened at Notre Dame. They're still living in a world where Lou Holtz is only two to five years away from that 1988 national championship. It's literally just because it's Notre Dame. Fifth. Yeah. Brian Kelly. I mean, the guy physically gets red in the face berating players on TV. I still don't understand why people go to that school to play at Notre Dame other than the reason this kid went to Notre Dame because of the the You mean Samwise Gamgee? Yeah. <laughs> the guy uh drew Barrymore's brother in 51st dates? Oh yeah. Mikey from Goonies? Mikey from Goonies? Bob from Stranger Things? Bob? Okay, I didn't watch the third season yet. It's good. Is he back or did he no, he, he died he, in the second one? He's straight one. up dead. Oh, spoiler for Stranger Things 2, sorry. Yeah. Spoiler. Oh, um, he di- He's dead. He died in it. One of the normal guys in Encino Man? Encino Man! What a movie! <laughs> not Pauly Shore, the yeah. other guy, and not Brandon Fraser, the the caveman? <laughs> he's been in a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. His um, his stepmom, or his mom's Patty Duke? Yeah! He His his uh, step... Dad is the guy who played Gomez Adams on the TV show Dude. The Adams Family. He took his last name. If it wasn't for Samwise Gamgee, Frodo Baggins never gets the ring to Mordor. Nope. And has essentially Smeagol in him, Gollum, cast it in the fire. Yeah. My precious. I mean, I guess when you're, but Rudy, ha- what you're having five out of four out of his last five seasons have had ten wins. But you're playing a pretty weak ACC five-game schedule in there. And your national schedule is horrible outside. <laughs> I mean, USC isn't USC right now. No. Um, Nelson, didn't you say that like Bowling Green had a better recruiting class than They did USC? at one point this last winter. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. And that's – <laughs> Dude, Notre Dame, Brian Kelly. When I think of Notre Dame, I can't help – It's for some reason it's, that it's Charlie Weiss. It's that giant blob of a man. <laughs> That's what I always think of when I think of Notre Dame now. <laughs> yeah, just so pour, you're, just you're, pouring out. Your of Your thoughts of Notre Dame ended like 15 years ago. My thoughts of Notre <laughs> Dame. Here's what I think of Notre Dame. Uh, uh, 
a college, a football team that is so overhyped and so overranked and so just over, you know, kiss the ground you walk on because of their long, long ago past and Rudy. That's why. That's what I think Did, of Notre Dame. When Notre Dame played in that national title game, was that 2012? Yeah, and apparently uh, they were forced to vacate all the wins from that season. So... Well, when they, they never played, even when they played <laughs> in that national title game, did you really feel like they were a really good team? No, I didn't understand. And obviously, it was the BCS computers, yeah. so they were given it because they were twelve and zero at the time. Like, oh, who was the quarterback? Was it Golston? Everett Golston? Yeah, or uh, the guy who ended up punching somebody in the face. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was Golston. Because oh, no, that tri- was Jimmy Clausen who punched punched some guy in the face. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. It was gold. And then that's when... Um, Did Jimmy Clausen get clocked back? Because Jimmy Clausen is very not <laughs> intimidating. Manti Teo was the Heisman candidate linebacker. And that's right when with all the, the catfish the girlfriend, girlfriend stuff yeah, broke catfish. out. All right, so moving but, on. But they were they were never, in my mind, that great. And no. I feel like they were overhyped on everything. Well, and then they got shellacked. They got taken to the woods. I think Notre Dame is one of the most overhyped and overrated programs in history. And I thought the offense was extremely overrated because, you know, it was Brian Kelly with the spread offense. Number four for the uh, best coaches coming into the 2020 season. Number four nationally. They deserve this day. Go ahead and say it, Ed. Go Tigers. Go Tigers! I love Coach O. You want to go ahead and say it? Go Tigers! <laughs> he he's like, number four. He has like 800 Red Bulls in a day. He's like did you see him, did you see him during the quarantine like a week or two ago? He's running around shirtless. Yeah. Coach, thank you. Go Tigers! Go Tigers! Go Tigers! Oh, sorry. Go Tigers! <laughs> The floor wasn't the OC. He was the quarterback's coach. Oh, and whatever. See, there you go. He was there. Though. Same thing. He tainted the QB. <laughs> so Ed Orgeron, uh, number four, LSU. What do you think? Too I, high, too low, just right? too high. I love Coach O. Nelson, Nelson doesn't like, Nelson like hates LSU. But if we're going by what have you done for me lately? Yeah. Well, you won the national title. won the national championship. from you, okay? Yes, sir. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. All right, number When has Coach O... Nelson, this is a what have you done for me lately? The dude just won the national title. He hasn't done anything at any other stop. We just his players we, love him. We just got He's done saying g- this list is about what have you done for me lately. Yep. Not a whole brunt of their career of what have you done for me lately. He's a good motivator, not and a great Nelson, remind me again who won the national title. LSU. And who coaches them? Coach O. Go Dagos. All right, number three. Oh, LSU was robbed. Speaking of here you go. Number three, Oklahoma's coach, Lincoln Riley. Third in the nation. Can't argue with his track record for uh, quarterback well, development. Well, what have you done for me the lately? The only thing you can argue is that he needs to find a defensive coordinator. Yeah. Cause yeah, because they-, they got annihilated. What was the score at half? Wasn't it, what was that score at halftime? My God. It wasn't good. <laughs> I, I'm trying to remember, but it was it was not good. Uh, Joe, call Joe Burrow Dragon. Yeah, because he was dragging like, these nuts all over seven Oklahoma. Touchdowns in the first half. It was something ridiculous. He I'm watching. Like I can't believe what I'm watching. Like all right, number two is Dabo Sweeney for Clemson. Throw, the, rip this list up. Yep, he should. This be list one. is terrible. And can you guys guess who number two or number one is? Saban. Saban. You would be spot on if Dabo Sweeney is not the number one coach in the country. Yeah. The list is irrelevant. Yeah, Nelson and I were talking off air, 
what he has done for that program since he took over from Tommy Bowden. Uh, was there somebody in between there? Between Tommy Bowden and... For Tommy? Clemson? Yeah. Here, let me look. Uh, I don't think so. But... Let them jump to my top of they my were, frontal they lobe. They were and also ran in the ACC, and he has brought them Yeah, up. it's just Tommy Bowden, 99 yeah. to 2008, and dabble. Yeah, so, I mean, what he's done to elevate that program from a middle-of-the-pack ACC team that was probably on a tier below Wisconsin for a while. And they would have like a nice season every once in a while, and then you'd be like, yeah, they had a decent season. They got a few yeah. nice players that are going to the NFL. And now it's like he has them on par with Alabama. Yeah, they, they are Alabama's equal. Yeah. Uh, and that's, <laughs> does, that's Does Nick Saban think that? I'm not going to, so quit asking. <laughs> uh, you know, I... Nick Saban, number one. Can you argue with Saban, number one, though? It's Alabama. Yes. No. I know you guys are pretty upset that Dabo is not you, number one. You bring a program along that far and in the recent years are trading uh, national championships back and forth, that deserves so. And Saban credit. walked into Alabama. Now, granted, I think that was before Shula or after Shula. And, yeah. Uh, Don Shula's kid. I can't think of his first name. Mike. Mike Shula. They weren't very good. <laughs> well, but it was, it's it was, Alabama. It was Mike, had, it was Mike Shula, then uh, Joe Kynes. He was, how long was he there for? He, he, was, he was interim. Interim. Just for 2006. And then Saban was 2007 okay. and present. Yeah, so like when Shula was there, they were like a bowl team, but not great. But then it was still Alabama. They were still a blue blood. They still had the Bear Bryant national titles that everyone talked about. So they could still he could still go in there and recruit. And since he was Nick Saban, he had already won a national title at LSU. He could pull recruits. When Dabo got to Clemson, he couldn't come in and and nail a, a number one overall draft class. Mm-hmm. Like they they weren't bringing in big recruiting classes. Nope. First name. He Eddie. built it. Nelson, first name Ali, middle name Bama. Was his dog's That's, name? Was his dog's name or his son's name? List it off for me. You can you can rattle it off. His uh, son's name was Bear Bryant. <laughs> and my second daughter, third child, we named her Crimson. Crimson. First name Ali, middle name Bama. But yeah. <laughs> It's much harder to do what Dabo did than what Saban came in and did. So before we hit break here, news of the weird coming up. They do say for Dabo, they uh, if Sweeney wins another national title before Saban does, it would be hard not to place him higher. Sweeney's story isn't all that dissimilar to the one we saw play out with Ogeron at LSU. Yada, 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 yada. They just say he needs to win another one. Saban say the thing about sitting on the throne is that everyone else wants your spot, which makes it so difficult to keep. Year after year, coaches and programs are coming. They're trying to be the next Alabama. Well, to this point, Saban hasn't lost his spot. He's won five national titles with the Crimson Tide and six overall. Again, it's still a what have you done for me lately thing, but if you were to throw money down on who's going to win the national, you know, the Natty title this year, who would you, who'd you think? Who would you say? You'd, I'd say majority would say Alabama, mm-hmm. or Clemson, or yeah. So I guess to be the man, you got to beat the man. But Dabo's beaten the they, man. But yeah. they've beaten the man. Yeah. Interesting list. I'm still mad about. I'm still mad about one thing. 
<laughs> PJ Fleck being ahead of Paul Chris. That ticks me off. Welcome to the show. Who do I got? Charlie. Charlie, I'm tossing hold, buddy. Man, that guy, I tell you. Charlie, I love you. You're killing me, bro. All right, so there you go. News of the weird coming up here. And uh, I just, I, I'm honestly, I mean, the most thing I'm pissed off about this list is that PJ Fleck is ahead of Paul Chris. Yeah. Uh, and Kirk Ferentz. Well, everybody. And James Franklin. Everybody from two to five on that list shouldn't be above Paul Christ. The only other one that could be is at number seven. <laughs> Pro Bowler running back Delvin Cook will no longer participate in any team-related activities until and unless he receives a quote-unquote reasonable deal with the Vikings. Yeah, didn't we touch upon that yeah, in the Gone in 60? Yes, sir. So I actually saw a tweet over break that was talking about, because I think you mentioned the higher paid running backs that are around $15, $16 million. Yeah, there's five that make, um, what was it? The five highest paid would be Christian McCaffrey at 16 mil, Ezekiel Elliott at 15, Le'Veon Bell 13.1, David Johnson at 13, and Derrick Henry at 10.2. No one else makes more than 100 mil on an annual basis. So from the tweet that I saw, According to these sources, they said that Cook isn't looking for that $15, 16000000 million to be a top paid, but a reasonable price somewhere along the $13 million range, where Minnesota seems to be closer Ooh. to the Melvin Gordon $8 million. So Delvin Cook's looking in that $13 million range? That's that's what he said he's looking for. Delvin Cook said he will, he's out and without a reasonable extension, he will not be showing up for camp or beyond because he is on his final year of his rookie deal. The Vikings currently have $12.2 million in cap space for the 2020 season, according to Over the Cap. And Delvin Cook wants... Said he was looking in the neighborhood of $13 million. Would you? And it if, sound, according to that same source, the Vikings were looking into or looking in the neighborhood of 8 to $9 million. Ooh, so they're at big-time odds. Now, is a reasonable deal for Devin Cook as he wants $13 million? Is that reasonable for Delvin Cook? I mean, for his ability when healthy, $13 million is probably a pretty pretty fair number. But you said when healthy, right? When healthy, he struggled to stay healthy. But, I mean, they do really... They pound the rock with him quite often. They do, and I can understand why he wants his money. But also, we know it's today's NFL... And paying a big-time running back a lot of money can handcuff you. Well, look what happened. Do you think Melvin Gordon regrets doing what he did to hold out for someone? Oh, yeah. Mel- he left Mel- a lot of if money Melvin out there. Gordon could go back and do it, he would have signed with San Diego or L.A. now. Yeah, what did he get with the Broncos? Again, I got to look that I up. I think it was $8 million. Oof. But, Oof. yeah, he could wasn't, it wasn't his deal around. He could have got like 12-ish million if he would have not held out. So, yeah, Melvin Gordon agreed to a two-year deal with the Bronx. And it was at $16 million. His deal with the Denver Broncos includes $13.5 million guaranteed. So, yeah. Man. Yeah, I think I think it's roughly, he could get up to $8 million with incentives, but it could have been closer to twelve. I think. Yeah. Had he not held out. Yeah, so Delvin Cook, if he's going to not show up because he wants a quote-unquote reasonable deal, and if that tweet you saw and read is true, a reasonable deal to him is $13 mil. And the Vikings has 12.2 in cap space for this coming season. What do you think happens? Do you think he holds out? Man, that's does, a, does he that, do a Melvin Gordon? 
That's a tough spot for the Vikings and a one spot I'd be thankful I'm not in. Man. Because, I mean, he is a big part of their offense when healthy. But do you want to commit to a running back that would be in his later 20s at the end of the deal and paying a lot of money that hasn't no. been 100% healthy in his Woo. career? What's going to happen, man? I mean, they paid Kirk Cousins. Thank you for that, Minnesota. Don't pay Delvin Cook. Let him sit out. If I remember correctly, didn't Stephon Diggs go to the Buffalo Bills when he traded away? Yeah, he's gone. Didn't they give Kirk Cousins an extension? He's there. Four <laughs> years to come. And oh, Kirk Cousins. Oh. <laughs> Who is uh, the focal well, point of that offense in Minnesota? Wouldn't it be, I guess? Under Zimmer, they brought in that uh, Kevin Stefanski to be the OC, yeah. who's now with the Cleveland Browns yep. head Ooh. coach. Ooh. Well, he was a guy that kind of turned that uh, Vikings team back into a run-heavy team where they were running the football like 60% of the time. Mm-hmm. And who was it? It was Delvin Cook. Yep. Now, they, also, they actually do have a pretty decent backup in Alexander Madis- Madison. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, when healthy, you want Delvin Cook out there. You want to be giving him the football. You think You think the Vikings, you think they pay him? You think they come to some kind of agreement? Do you think what? I mean, there's Thielen. Outside of Thielen, who is there? Besides well, they Delvin just, Cook. They just drafted uh, Justin Yeah, just, dra- just drafted, though. They still have Kyle, On paper, he's good. But. They still have Kyle Rudolph. Yeah. Um, Irv Smith Jr., the yeah. other tight end. Yeah. Alexander Madison, not a bad backup at running back. Yeah. Don Beebe's kid. I'm just kidding. Chad. Chad Beebe. <laughs> he's a wide receiver. He's, I think he's third on their – what is he, third? Yeah, he's third. I'm looking at I mean, Adam Thielen. Yeah, the the guy they drafted, uh, Justin Jefferson, has got a lot of potential, but that's just what he has right now, potential. If I'm if you're the Minnesota Vikings, Nelly, are you paying? Are you sitting down with Dalvin Cook? Be like, dude, all right. We got twelve point two million in cap space for twenty twenty. You want what, thirteen point one? Is that what you read? Yeah, it was yeah, it was in the neighborhood of thirteen. It's like, can we come to an agreement of about twelve mil? Do you think they do it? See, I have no I have no idea. It depends on how firm he is, right? Yeah. Well he said if he doesn't get a and he says a reasonable deal that he is going to hold out. Now, he puts himself at 13 mil. There's only five running backs in the NFL that make over 10. Christian McCaffrey makes 16. Ezekiel Elliott makes 15. Le'Veon Bell, 13.1. David Johnson, 13. And Derrick Henry, 10.2. Do you put Dalvin Cook up to the likes of Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, Derrick Henry? I would kind of throw David Johnson out of there. I mean, personally, I don't just because what do all those guys have outside of David Johnson? They stay, they've stayed healthy mm-hmm. and they've been consistently top running backs when used correctly. Wh- who would you rather have on your team or to pay the money? A Delvin Cook or an Aaron Jones? Man, that one probably Delvin Cook. Just because of, well, both, I mean, both have been injured. Both. Have been injury prone at times. I just think Delvin Cook's backed it up. I mean, Aaron Jones has just had one year. Yeah, I know he was suspended a little bit for the stinky lettuce, the sweet, sweet Mary Jane, and then he got injury and injuries. Delvin Cook injuries. 
Delvin Cook's more of that bruiser, though, right? I mean, Delvin Cook's a really nice player. He is. He can even he can catch the ball out of the backfield. Not that they ask him to do it all the time, but he can. He's a guy that can run between the tackles and on the outside, on the edges. Wasn't that the one knock on uh, Jones, though, when McCarthy was a the coach? They didn't want to run him up the middle. They yeah. didn't think he would last. Yeah. Um, they say right here, understand your value. Running backs have none. <laughs> what do you what do you fall do you fall in line with? Running backs really have no value in the NFL. It's you can just spit them up, chew them up, spit them out. Well, that's the thing. Like a lot of these guys that are top players, like Melvin Gordon, experienced it. You got a ball out in your first four years, mm-hmm. and then hope you sign that big contract because you know there's going to be a team that's going to reach. It just might not be the team you currently play for. Like Jacksonville's will, willing to pay a lot of people a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You know, you just know you're not going to be going to a very good team. Yeah. Like teams will pay him 12, 13 million, most likely. You just got to know you're not going to be looking at the playoffs. Yeah. And you can't, and, and these running backs can't get super greedy if they're not the best guys. Yeah. I don't, it's very like, curious. Like to Melvin see Gordon turned down like roughly $12 million, I think it was. Because mm-hmm. I, th- think he thought he was going to get Zeke money. He thought he was going to get Le'Veon Bell money. Well, Melvin well, Gordon, you didn't. Melvin Gordon, former Badger, first round pick, really nice running back. You're not as good as those guys. You're a good player, but you're not that top few guys. Christian McCaffrey, 16 mil, would worth it or no? I mean, what else do they have going in that offense? The dude just... He, he makes the Panthers... That's who the Panthers are. Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey. just went for a thousand yards rushing and a thousand yards, yards receiving. receiving. He's an, he's yeah. a freak. Okay, what about Ezekiel Elliott at fifteen mil? That's a Ezekiel Elliott's a great player. Le'Veon Bell with the Jets, thirteen point one. Another great player. Didn't really do much though. What is the Jets? Again, bad teams are willing to pay you a lot of money. David you just Johnson, know where you're going. David Johnson at thirteen mil. Five years ago. <laughs> And Derrick Henry, we all saw Derrick Henry could do a 10.2. Derrick Henry's a monster. Yeah, once they once they started giving him first down, second down, and some third down snaps, and they made him the bell cow, mm-hmm. yeah, he was pretty good. It just took LaFleur moving to Green Bay to figure that out. All right, so T. Lenoy <laughs> on Twitch, what's up, Trav? He says two things. They stayed healthy, and there's no one behind them that could be just as good. The Vikings, that is. The presence of a guy like uh, Madison is big is a big deal, but Cook is the dude. Yeah, he is. It's it's a tough decision. Like God, I, just hold out, Cook. Hold out. Do what Melvin Gordon did. I'm not. I'm glad I'm not the general manager of the Minnesota Vikings because if he's serious about holding out, it's going to make your team a lot worse this year. Man, then moving on, I I was blown away. I guess you could kind of maybe see the writing on the wall when they traded Stephon Diggs. Just because of how much he disliked Kirk Cousins, but the fact that they actually did it, because remember, remember when Stephon Diggs was basically throwing Kirk Cousins under the bus. Kirk Cousins came to the media and apologized for not being able to get on the ball. You remember that, Rowdy? Kirk Cousins apologized to the media to his players, which was insane. About, See, that's about him sucking. Yeah, and that's another. It's another thing where it's like, why would you apologize for that? But after he quote-unquote apologized, then he went and balled out for a little bit with Stephon Diggs. And then you thought maybe they, you know, 
buried the hatchet, and it was now they can move on and live, you know, hunky-dory, little happy life in Minnesota. But nope. Stephon Diggs, see ya. See, Thielen. Bills. Adam Thielen, in my mind, is a really, he's a really good receiver. I just don't, he, he's never going to be that receiver that could be a top five guy. But he's a good receiver. He's a beast. Just they're hoping Justin Jefferson can well, become. He's the burner like Diggs. Yeah, they hope he can become a Diggs. Now, will they get that year one? Who knows? But they rely Man, I so Jeff, Justin Jefferson so bad on the. They players. rely so heavily on Delvin Cook because he gets so much usage even when he plays. Mm-hmm. That that's a huge, that's a huge piece to your team's offensive puzzle. So they say if Cook holds out for training camp, the new CBA dictates that he would not receive in a crude season and would be a restricted free agent after the 2020 season, which does limit his leverage. Cook, who said in April that discussions had begun with the Vikings as it relates to a contract extension, expressed his desire to remain with the Vikings for the long haul, saying, quote, I definitely love Minnesota. Well, I would love any franchise, too, that would pay me $13 million. <laughs> I think if I was the Vikings, I would offer him the tenish million dollars and see what happened. Or I think I would, man, I might just let it ride. Let's say they do let it ride. Let's say they do say, hey, all right, here's 10. And Cook's like, no way, dude. What happens with the Vikings? We got a 9-7 and seven season coming in, a 7-9 and nine season coming in for the, the purple? Well, I think it would... It would, I guess what Justin Jefferson does? Je, well, Justin Jefferson and Alexander Madison. Madison was a really good really good running back out of Boise State. Uh, he's a rookie last year. I actually picked him up in uh, late rounds of the fantasy drafts, mm-hmm. a couple of leagues that we were in together. The guy's the guy's he's not just an he's not just a plug in backup. He he's a pretty solid player. Now is he Delvin Cook? No. No. But we've already said our running backs worth as much in today's 2020 NFL. And no. and with Kevin Stefanski moving to Cleveland, how much is the current OC going to use the running back? Are they going to use it over 60% of the time like he did? Yeah. Maybe there maybe there'll be a philosophy change. So Delvin Cook right now I don't know. I'm just asking the question. Just asking questions. Delvin Cook right now. On his final year of his rookie deal is the 41st highest paid running back in the league. Seems pretty low, right? But, I mean, you are on your rookie deal. Well, he's on deal. his rookie deal. You are on your rookie deal. Top five, like I said, Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, Derrick Henry. Kenyon Drake is sixth with the cards. Melvin Gordon, seventh at eight mil. Saquon Barkley with the Giants at eighth. Leonard Fournette, ninth. Austin Eckler, tenth. Oh, yeah, I almost forgot that Todd Gurley went to the Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley, wasn't he the highest paid running back with the with the Rams? Okay, so... And then they cut him, and now he's making five and a half mil so with, I, the, with the Falcons. Gary Kubiak was hired as the OC, so that's going to be a lot of play action. There'll still be a lot of running there. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mark uh, Duke Johnson is 12th, Mark Ingram 13th. Jordan Howard, 14th. Giovanni Bernard, 15th. Uh, Tevin Coleman, 16th. James White comes in 17th. Latavius Murray, 18th. Jalen Richard, 19th. And then Matt Breda, 20th. Where is where is our guy Aaron Jones? 
Well, he's on his rookie deal too, and yeah, you have to he's remember, not making much because he was a drafted fifth round. Fifth pick. round, yeah. My God, where is he? I'm already in the seventies, and I don't even see him. Well, he's probably making about. Man, right there, now, I don't know if he'd be making eight hundred thousand. Uh, here's the first Packer that I've unless I missed it. Ninety three in the league, highest paid running back, Patrick Taylor. Seven hundred and sixty four thousand. Did I miss his name? I think you missed him. I had to have. Jamal Williams, one twenty one, hundred and seventy four thousand. Uh so, I'm sorry, seven hundred forty one thousand, excuse me. I must have missed him. Yeah. yeah, his his cap hit this year is two point one million. Yeah, I missed him. I don't know where I missed him. All right, six hundred fifty one sixteen seventy. Last year he made just six hundred and forty five thousand. He gets the bump in his last year of his contract. You said six hundred forty five thousand last season. Last oh okay, yeah, because we're going off last season. Wow, Dexter Williams comes in at one forty five at six hundred seventy one thousand, and then there's Aaron Jones tied for one fifty two. $650,484. Aaron Jones, the Packers feature running back, is the 151st or tied for it in the league. While Dexter Williams makes more, and yes, you know, draft picks. Jamal Williams makes more. <laughs> and here you go. Patrick Taylor, 93rd. Isn't that nuts, dude? When you, when you think of Aaron Jones, what do you think of he's going to get paid coming up? Is it, does he stay with the Packers? If he has another season like he did last year, probably 10-plus. Do you see him wearing the green and gold, though? It Maybe if he has a bad year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see him with the Packers, man. Uh, T. Illinois says, I wouldn't call Aaron Jones a feature back. Well, in Green Bay, he is. Eh, not, not. Do you remember, would, do you remember when Aaron, Do you remember when Devontae Adams was gone for four games? Who was the only dude that made made yeah, the Packers I still, go? I still don't know if I would consider him a featured back. For the Packers? He's, used, the, he's, he's one of their only playmakers. They use Jamal Williams a ton. True, but if who, you were gets, a, who's the, who got all the headlines? Who if, led the NFL in touchdowns? It, it doesn't matter about headlines. Aaron Jones. It matters about Okay, that's not usage. a headline. How is it a headline that he led the NFL in touchdowns? It's a, it's a usage thing. Jamal Williams still gets used quite a bit. Okay, but Aaron Jones... When you score points, how do you win a football game? If you're a featured By scoring points, if right? You're, if who you're scored? F- who scored the most touchdowns for the Packers? If you're a featured back, you're getting okay, then, a ton then of touches. What you, then what do you say he is then for the Packers? RB one. <laughs> okay, RB one. There, I'll, there. Instead of a feature back, I'll say RB one. Well, a. Fe- what T. Illinois is referring to is the guy that he when he comes in. I mean, he's it doesn't getting, mean if you want to do semantics about that. Sure, he'll be RB one, but he is still the number one in Green Bay when it comes to toting the rock. Is he not? Yeah, but okay, that's not necessarily a featured back. Uh, I just changed the semantics for you. RB one, the guy that touches the ball the most for the running backs. Is that does that satisfy you, Nelly? We'll say say your featured back. Carries the ball 85% of the time. That's not Aaron Jones. Nelson, I just changed your semantics for you. I said RB1. Does that help? You feel better? T. Illinois, you feel better? T says Aaron Jones is the best running back on the team, but that's not the same as a feature back. All right, RB1. With our sports director, Zach Heilprin. What's up, Zach? Hey, guys. How are you doing today? Great. Uh, are you excited because... Finally, on the UW campus, we have some players trickling back in for the football team. That's a good sign, isn't it? A uh, good sign that uh, 
at least they're moving towards potentially potentially being able to play football this fall. And, yeah, no, it's great. Uh, Going to get the football players back, or they are starting to trickle back this week, go through testing, and then start strength and conditioning workouts next week. Um, and volley- volleyball player, too, is as, as well, uh, right? Yeah, I was getting to that. Oh, my volleyball, bad. volleyball players, obviously, as well. And then they're bringing back the men's and women's basketball teams later this month, hockey teams as well. And if everything goes well, then, you know, maybe they'll have uh, – some other athletes back too, but yeah, I mean, this is a, uh, you don't want to get one shot at this if you're Wisconsin in terms of bringing people back and doing it right. And you know, mm. here they are. You only get one shot, man. we got B rabbit now as the athletic director. Hell yeah. From eight mile. I'm looking at this in the article you wrote at com. Uh, Wisconsin is among a large number of schools bringing athletes back. Many are already reporting positive tests uh, for the virus. So UW is prepared for that possibility outlining the steps it will take in detail. My God, there are a lot of steps. But again, that's I think it's all pretty much standard, though, too. You know what I mean? Like I, I feel like a lot of the plans, a lot of the steps that they're taking are the same steps that are being taken across the country, where positive tests are happening, and you know you, you isolate them, even if they're asymptomatic, and uh, and go from there. But again, the, this this whole thing is uh, you know a, a giant step from where they were, where we were three months ago, in terms of you know one positive test shut down everything yeah. you know rudy gobert testing positive shut down everything now we're seeing positive tests and it's not shutting things down it's you know we're going to do this and do that and do this so that's a to me that's obviously a significant step and something and the only way that any of this is possible and the same thing for the nba and the nfl too yeah definitely zach halpern our sports director joining us right now and yeah i'm feeling pretty good about college football do you think there's going to be well when it comes to fans in the stands have you I don't know if you've heard anything, but do you have a gut feeling on anything? Anything you know with them coming back now and them having the test and what? Yeah. Uh, what are you feeling? I think it depends where you're at, right? I mean, we've seen Texas already say you can have 50 percent capacity at stadiums, yeah. so um, that's that. Purdue has said that it's probably going to cap its capacity at 25 percent. I've seen jokes made that that's just normal <laughs> attendance, um, which is a possibility. But you know, so some of these Big Ten, I mean, Ohio State's talked about it too. Wisconsin has not talked about it yet. And um, they have already, I mean, they've already announced that they're not announced, but made tickets, ticket holders aware that they're pushing back the date as to when they're going to decide on single game tickets, like whether they're going to honor certain single game tickets, including the game up at Lambeau Field. So at least there's, there's still uncertainty on their end, um, you know, and before going in, diving into this uh, single game um, ticket stuff. So yeah. they, they, they were hoping to know in the next few weeks. Um, we'll see. Uh, Zach, we saw. I saw this this morning. I didn't even need my cup of coffee because it fired me up so much. It was uh, CBSSports.com Big Ten Coach Rankings for 2020, and I saw this. I about fell out of my chair. Number one is James Franklin's from Penn State. Number two is Ryan Day of Ohio State. Three is Jim Harbaugh, Michigan. Four is Kirk Ferentz from Iowa. Five is P.J. Fleck, Minnesota, and then Paul Chris comes in as sixth. You okay? I'm disgusted. <laughs> like PJ Fleck, um, what? Has turned around a morbid program into a perennial Big Ten West contender. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. PJ Fleck did say that they had a share of the Big Ten West after the season that was. But then, after watching the Big Ten championship game, I saw Paul Chris and the Wisconsin Badgers on the sidelines. I'm pretty yeah. sure PJ Fleck was on his couch watching from home. Yeah, no. Uh, Big Ten West co champs, uh, hang a banner. That's uh, that's the Minnesota way. No, 
look, <laughs> those things are so subjective and so stupid, and they're designed to do exactly what we're talking about right now. Um, but I, don't, I personally, I would have Ryan Day at number one. I mean, what he did coming in, they built off the recruiting and everything like that. James Franklin, okay. Jim Harbaugh, I, I, <laughs> I don't, under, don't wouldn't understand that. Kurt Frentz certainly wouldn't put him ahead of Paul Chris. And, and P.J. Fleck doesn't deserve to be ahead of Paul Chris. This, I mean, this year, next year, unless they go and win a, a national championship or a Big Ten title, I guess, what, what will he have been able to do that Paul Chris hasn't? You know what I mean? So Paul Chris is a, is a lot more accomplished than P.J. Fleck is, and the fact that anybody would suggest that he's a worse coach than P.J. Fleck is pathetic. Well, Zach, I did uh, do a little research on the guy that wrote the article. His name's Tom Fornelli, and he is from Chicago. I think that explains a lot right there. He lives in Chicago. And also in his bio, he says even his dog hates him. So if that's yeah. the case, you know this guy's kind of a loser, yeah? It's the effort to do exactly what it's doing right now. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess he won in that aspect. Um, yeah. So moving forward, Zach, when it comes to – I mean, just wanted to get your take quick on that on that list because I saw PJ Fleck up there and it just made me sick. Uh, we were talking a little bit yesterday about Scott Frost. Scott Frost comes in as eight for Nebraska. What were you talking about to us in my office yesterday with – was there a mass exodus happening in Nebraska? Fourteen players with eligibility still remaining have left the program since the end of last year. Now, some of them have been sent away. Others have gone away, and the latest being probably the most notable, and that's J.D. Spellman, the wide receiver for Nebraska, who was on the verge of breaking school records for, I believe, receiving yards and uh, and receptions. And he's, he's entered the transfer portal. It's very likely that we'll see him again because I think uh, he's, there's a good chance that he ends up at Minnesota. Uh, he's from Minnesota. And uh, he was actually, I told you this guy yesterday, after the game in Lincoln last year, uh, he was actually on my flight to, to Minnesota from Nebraska the, <laughs> from the night before. I, I assumed that they had football stuff going on on Sunday or Monday the next day, and yet he was going home. So maybe, uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens with him. But, yeah, Things have not exactly gone as planned for Scott Frost, certainly, uh, you know, through two seasons. But, look, the guy's eighth in coaching rankings, and he has one winning season in his career. He's got, Scott Frost has a national championship ring, Zach. I've seen it. Yeah, no, he does. You're right. That's a good point. So he should be head of P.J. Fleck, then. <laughs> Zach Heilprin, our sports director, joining us right now. Uh, Zach, moving forward. Uh, I know we talked a little bit about NBA and their return to the wide world of sports complex in Orlando. Does this help or hurt the Bucks? Because I see now the Lakers are the odds-on favorite to win it all. Does this little 22 team with a play-in tournament for eight or nine seeds does this does this help the Bucks or hurt the Bucks? Um, in your humble opinion, yeah. Look, we talked about this last week. The fact that they did what they did this year and won't have home court advantage. This, I mean, having to play in Orlando as opposed to not, you know, as opposed to being able to play in Milwaukee is a huge, I shouldn't say a huge, it's a huge hit, right? They should be, they should be playing at, um, you know, in Milwaukee at Pfizer Forum for a right to play or a right to win a world championship. And they're not going to get that opportunity. So it is definitely a hit to Milwaukee. I've seen, though, obviously maybe odds makers have the Lakers, but what, what is it, uh, like what it, ESPN's BPI or whatever the heck it is, has, still has Milwaukee as a favorite, but it's not as big of a favorite. They were a significant favorite when um, the games were going to be played you know, at arenas or at home arenas both ways, and now they're not. But, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a disadvantage, certainly, to Milwaukee because of what they've done. Now, if you're an eight seed, if you're the eight seed, hell yeah, it's, it's awesome that you don't have to go and play uh, on the road at Milwaukee. Um, so it's a huge, yeah, it's a huge hit. And, um, yeah. you know, we'll see how it plays out. But again, I, I think everyone's made a huge deal out of the fact that 
you know, LeBron James and all these older players have gotten an opportunity to get these last three months off. But I think it's huge also for, and it's, and it'll what it'll end up being four months by the time they actually start playing. That you know, Giannis hadn't had been playing basketball eighteen straight months. You know, through the season, then the Olympics, and then the season again. Him getting a little time off isn't a horrible thing either. Yeah, definitely. It's nice because they've been they've been on a grind for a long time. So yeah, it definitely helps them out. And, and then Chris Middleton. Yeah, Nelly's favorite, Nelson's favorite player. And Zach, before I let you go, Major League Baseball's got another plan now. Uh, the owners put out a proposal for a seventy-six game season, seventy-five percent. Yeah, seventy-five percent prorated salaries, playoff pool money, and no Major League Baseball draft pick compensation for signing players. Do you think that this deal will be the one to get it done, and the players' association and the owners can come together? I think the word I, the, the word of a second paragraph that I, of a story I read on this was scoffed. That's what uh, the <laughs> players' union and players did when they saw the uh, the offer. It's essentially a lot of the same things that from three weeks ago, and so I don't. Yeah, I. I I'm leaning now towards this point. I could have baseball, but at at this point, mm. when it hits July and you're going to have football, college football, pro football, you're going to have the NBA playoffs, you're going to have all this other stuff going on. You're going to have the Masters, Kentucky Derby, all that stuff. Baseball is going to be an afterthought, and they they lose they 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 messed up. Had they been the first, had they been the first lead to come back, it could have been huge for them. Instead. It's looking like they won't come back at all. You done messed up. Yeah, come, you know, what, what do you think, like, the date is? Uh, just throw one out there. I, is, is it Nelly said they'll say it on July 4th, on America's birthday, they'll come out and say there will be no baseball. Do you think there's a certain time when they said, all right, it's, we're just throwing in the towel? They needed to have it done three weeks ago. <laughs> no, I mean, like, at, at, the, at the minimum, I thought they had to have it done by June 1st. But because they, they don't want to – baseball, you can only play so long, right? Yeah. Like well, tomorrow's their firm so – tomorrow is supposed to be their firm date to get something done. Yeah, and right now it's just not looking like that unless either side, uh, you know – I guess, you know, here's the thing. The owners could just say, screw it, and we're going to set a set a time or we're going to set a, a set number of games and we're going to play that. They could do that, um, and the players, you know, we'll see if, if they want to play or not. But they that, they have that ability to do – I. I don't know. It's it's a messed up situation, and baseball just can't get out of its own way. It's why it continues to be decreasing in popularity across the country, and why this could have been a huge boom for them, and it's going to be a huge hit instead. Spot on, brother. Spot on, man. Zach, I appreciate your time, and uh, thank you for joining us, man. When you get back into the office, Nelson and I will have some juicy tidbits and some great musings for you to chuckle at, okay? I can't wait. Nelson, it was good to talk to you. Oh, yes. uh, a guy on Twitch said. Uh, usual. A guy on Twitch just said because I'm on the left on the Twitch camera, Nelson's on the right. A guy on Twitch said, "LOL, this guy on the right does not care." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's about right. That's, well, uh, the next time he asks ask a question in an interview, will be the first time, won't it? Well, he lets the big dog lead, and we're all right with that. This is nice to hear from you, Zach. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. See you, buddy. There's uh, our sports director, Zach Alperin. Good stuff. So, Rowdy, we kind of brushed on it very briefly the other day, yesterday, and I wanted to bring it back up. Tomorrow we'll continue the conversation forward when it comes to just quarterbacks in the NFL. But, you know, we were talking about Delvin Cook. Delvin Cook was, was not happy because he wanted to get a, a deal moving forward, get off the final year of his rookie contract. He wanted to be paid more money. Well, how about this? Contract negotiations have been uh, pretty wild when it comes to the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. And Dak wants, like, huge money. So the two sides aren't too far apart, I guess, in negotiations, as they're saying, as the main point of contention is that the team wants a five-year deal and Prescott wants a four-year deal so he can hit free free agency again when he's 30. 
But either way, Dak Dak Prescott will get paid. But Michael Irvin, Cowboy great, former Cowboy great, came up to say that the Cowboys stole four years from Dak Prescott and they owe him back pay in his next contract. Michael Irvin says he should get, uh, Prescott should get upwards of $35 million per year. What do you think of Michael Irvin's comment saying that uh, the Cowboys stole four years of Dak and they owe him back pay? I think Michael Irving's an idiot. <laughs> like, I mean, tell, you, tell me how you really feel. That's, that's all I really have to say. Like, I think you're an idiot. So, Irvin said, Dak has been not great. Dak has been not great, but perfect. What does that even mean? Not necessarily in wins and losses, of course, but I'm talking about just the person that he has been. The kind of investment you want to make, the kind of guy you say, yeah, we hit it with this guy. We got him in the fourth round. You stole four years, so whatever he gets, he deserves because you still owe him back pay, you being the Dallas Cowboys. So you drafted him in the fourth round. Yes. So if you're drafted in the fourth round, you know you're not going to be making a great salary. Great great in terms in the NFL. Yes, compared to first, second, and third rounds, obviously. Mm -hmm. He's still on his rookie deal. Why do they owe him anything? They're the team that took the chance and drafted him and gave them the the ability to play in the NFL. Yeah, I didn't see any other team scooping him up before that fourth round. They gave him the opportunity to play in the NFL in the hopes that he could become maybe a franchise quarterback in the future. How many teams go into the fourth round saying, I think we might take a quarterback because he's our future? That's a good point. The Packers traded up to go get Jordan Love. Remember that? In the first round. In the first round. If you're not drafting a quarterback in the first or second round, are you really serious that that quarterback's your future? That's a good question. But they owe Dak Prescott? He's a fourth-round pick. He could have been out of the league after one year. Uh, Let's see. Michael Irvin went on to say, it's business. Dak wants every penny, and Jerry Jones wants to try to save every penny. He's right. It is business. That's why they don't owe him anything. (laughs) But usually those kinds of deals, I always tell people, will get done as soon as the slipper falls off Cinderella. At 12.01, something will get done. It'll come in, and Dak will be, for a moment, the highest-paid quarterback before Pat Mahomes gets his. Okay, Dak Prescott, he's a good quarterback. Are the Cowboys willing to pay him $40 million or $45 million, whatever he wants for four or five years? I'll say this, dude. The Cowboys better pay him before he gets through the Mike McCarthy school of quarterbacking. Mike McCarthy, <laughs> rejuvena- Mike McCarthy rejuvenated Brett Favre's career. You can look at the numbers. They don't lie. And Mike McCarthy made Aaron Rodgers. Once Dak Prescott gets in the Mike McCarthy school of quarterbacking, my man's going to want 40 mil instead of 35 mil. They need to pay him before Big Mike gets back into Jerry's world with all his players and puts him through quarterback work 101. That's what I'm talking well, about. They, okay, they literally just placed a franchise tag on him, so he's going to be making top-tier money. He's making... Almost $32 million this season. Sounds like some pretty bad money right there. Psych. He turned down offers that were $40 million. Yeah, like, Dak I doesn't want five years. He wants four years. I don't know what Dak is looking for, 
maybe Dak doesn't know what he's looking for. A hairline. Because forty, if he's looking for $45 million over five years, how many teams would be willing to give him that? Well, he doesn't want five. He wants four years. Or, sorry, four years. How many teams are willing to give him that? That's a lot of uh, cheddar. A lot of cheddar. Let's go to the phones. Welcome to the show. Who is this? Sean, what's up, guys? Hey, what's up, Sean? Hey, first of all, kudos on the Samoa Joe entrance scene. Great, too. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, man. Simon says. Uh, my problem is, Michael, first of all, I was living in Dallas when uh, they were going through their run in the late 80s, early 90s. Michael Irvin is always an idiot. He's always been an idiot. And he's one of these old school players that doesn't understand the contract. He doesn't understand the whole concept of the salary cap. And he doesn't understand that you think Dak Prescott, the agent, was letting them steal money from him? No, it falls under what the contract they have with the Players Union is for your first-time contract. He's an idiot. Rowdy hit it right on the head. Dak Prescott is a good quarterback. He is not a great quarterback or an earth-shaking quarterback. He's a good quarterback. And he, Michael Urban just doesn't get it. He, he got paid what they said he could be paid. What was he, a third or a fourth-round draft choice? A fourth-rounder. Come on. Come on, you jackass. Michael Urban needs to pull his bottom lip over his head and swallow. He's a moron. I've never heard that before. Have swallow day, his own guys. body. Thanks, Sean. See you. Strong takes. But that's kind of like what I was Very getting strong. at. I've like, never heard that. Swallow yourself. You Eat yourself. Like, Dak Prescott is a good quarterback, but do you put him in the top five? No. Not right do now. Do you put no. him in the top ten? Probably. Yeah. Now, we all know that guys like Jay Cutler. Cuddy! Cuddy does like, it. Guys like Aaron Rodgers. Those are two different quarterbacks when you'd say... Aaron Rodgers at that time was probably the best quarterback. Mm-hmm. And Jay Cutler was. Oh, hang on, also, hang on, hang on, hang on. Aaron Rodgers was phenomenal throwing the Green Bay Packers, and so was Jay Cutler. Yes. But for my scenario here, <laughs> to the Aaron, Bears Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers was a top quarterback in the league. Yes. He was going to get his money. Yes. Jay Cutler was a top 10 quarterback in the league, whether you want to admit that or not. Cuddy is top 10 when he was when in he, it. When he was at that time with the Bears, and they gave him all that money. Cuddy could ball. I feel like Dak is kind of in that same range. Now Dak protects the football a lot better. He's And he's and, got that cool hip, the yeah, little hip swing you see. In, in, my opinion, in my opinion, Dak's smarter and cares more than, than, Cuddy? than what Jay Cutler did. But he's kind of in that same range, like around you know the top 10. Yeah, what where, is he, around like 8th? Where a team is going to give him that money or decent money, he just can't expect this, this earth thirty-five million. Yeah, will this, he be? Will he be the highest-paid quarterback for a brief amount of time before Mahomes gets his? I mean, maybe, but I'm sure. I think he. Will. I just don't know if Jerry Jones would be willing to do it. And Jerry Jones, for all accounts, seems to really like Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he gave him. He franchise tagged him this year. He's paying him thirty-two, roughly thirty-two million. It's a nice chunk of change. So so he may get a deal, but it, it's going to be passed by someone else. And I, you probably make the deal, but man, let's 40, make a deal. Forty-five million. That's a lot of that's a lot of cheddar, dude. That's a lot of stinky cheddar.
Yeah, I don't see uh, he. Dak Prescott doesn't want five years. He like that's the only thing holding it up, I guess, from everything I can read is that uh, Dak wants four years. That way, by the time he's thirty, he can hit free agency. Because I guess when you turn thirty-one, you do go sour like some bad milk in the NFL. Uh, Jokers are wild on Twitch. Says if you're a Cowboys fan, would you rather have Dak or Teddy Bridgewater? Oh, Dak. Dak, Dak any day. The Dak attack.